Hi, this is JP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Read Learn, not just another conservative blog. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am your humble host, JP Mac, and I hope you enjoyed your Halloween, and I hope you enjoyed the Halloween special as much as I enjoyed making it. And we're not done, though, with the scary stuff, because there's plenty of scary stuff still going on in the world. Uh, People like the people who are marching down the streets of big cities and Washington, D.C. and New York City and other places, um, marching in solidarity with uh, Palestinians and uh, Hamas terrorists. Of course, they don't think of it as being uh, in solidarity with the terrorists. They're, they're just seeing they're only the one side of that issue, the, um, the one that's uh, ethically convenient for them. And so we're going to take a look into some of that. Um, we have a, an article from Just the News, and it's called Pro-Palestinian protesters in D.C. say Israel is a racist state and chant, long live the Intifada. And so, of course, we're going to have to talk about that uh, craziness and try and figure it out. Because it's a little bit insane to think about. But um, there is a pathology to these leftist protesters. They basically protest whatever, you know, they just, uh, whatever they give, they get their, literally get their marching instructions sometimes, and they protest whatever they're told to protest for. But of course they have, because they go by this uh, binary world of uh, oppressor and oppressed, that makes it, you know, makes it hard for them to see evil for itself and to distinguish the evil from the good um, when all they're concerned about is the um, this oppressor oppressed dichotomy. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, so getting on with the article again in just the news, Uh, It says, thousands of anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian protesters made their way to Washington, D.C. on Saturday to demand a ceasefire in the Gaza Strip. Many of the protesters accused President Joe Biden of supporting the, quote, genocide of the Palestinian people amid the Hamas-Israel war, according to the New York Post. And so if you are like me, you're reading that and you're hearing genocide, not in relation to the Jews or the Israelis, but to the Palestinians, you're like, huh? What? Um, And that is a normal and sensible reaction, rest assured. And we'll talk about why that is. So continuing on with the article, uh, the protesters declared that Israel is a racist state. I don't understand that. Um, because basically, you have one race in um, Israel. Um, 
you know, both the Israelis and the Palestinians are, you know, basically derived, they're very close ethnically, for lack of a better term. So they're not different races. So I don't know what the Palestinians or what the Israelis could be doing to the Palestinians that could be considered racist, but that's just a buzzword. So you can see right away how on the left they're using, mindlessly using these terms like racist and genocide without a full understanding of what they're talking about. So the, but they, the protesters declared that Israel is a racist state while others chanted, long live the Intifada. Intifada is an Arabic word used in reference to a Palestinian uprising. Biden, Biden, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide, one protester yelled into a microphone, which resulted in the crowd cheering. Again, not sure. Um, it's kind of bizarre for you and I who live in the real world and have a little bit of sense to us. Um, because, you know, just a few weeks ago, it was, you know, remember on October 7th, they had that initial attack by Hamas, and basically all they did was kill Jews just for being Jews. So I'm not sure, you know, apparently their problem with genocide isn't the genocide itself, it's who's the genocide is being committed against. That's apparently their only problem um, with genocide. So continuing on, uh, it says, on Friday, Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat of Michigan, shared a video on X, formerly Twitter, also claiming that President Biden supported genocide of Palestinians. Again, not true, it's ridiculous, but these are uh, leftists not thinking clearly and logically. Um, again, uh, it has been almost a month since the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel, killing more than 1,400 Israelis and taking more than 200 Israelis and Americans hostage. Pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian, and pro-Israel demonstrations have taken place across the U.S. And I am heartened to hear at least there's some uh, pro-Israel demonstrations, and I think probably they've been underreported, to be, to be fair. But um, yeah, that's, those are not really the ones we're worried about. We're worried about the ones that are antithetical, to, I don't know, all human decency and things like that. Um, a woman speaking for the Chicago chapter of the U.S.-Palestine Community Network said Biden was, quote, dehumanizing Palestinians according to the outlet, which is kind of funny um, considering the events again of October 7th and what the Palestinians did to the Israelis. I don't know if you really want to be bringing up anything about dehumanizing, but there again. Um, she said, quote, no business as usual as our elected officials support genocide. She shouted, added that 
Israel does not have the right to exist as a racist state. Ah, aha. So that's where. So I mean, basically, they just throw the rate the word racist in there to get the sympathy of foolish Westerners. But basically, um, she had it. Israel does not have the right to exist. Um, stop. Yeah, she could just stop it there, and that was basically the truth of really what was going on. Another speaker said Palestinians wanted to build a, quote, secular society from the river to the sea afterwards. Yeah, um, sure. The chant, which is growing increasingly popular in the wake of Hamas's deadly incursion into southern Israel last month, and Israel's subsequent retaliatory attacks on Gaza is widely considered anti-Semitic, you think, because it implies the elimination of the state of Israel and its people, according to the Post. Again, uh, these people apparently, um, when they're against, they say they're against genocide, apparently uh, they're only against genocide of Palestinians. They seem perfectly fine with the idea of genocide genocide against Jews, because that is what the chant uh, from the river to the sea means. It means an Israel completely devoid of any Jewish people. And so that kind of sounds like you're for genocide, um, if I'm not mistaken. And unfortunately, there's like story after story of people like this. Um, yeah, you want to call them misguided. Um, I don't think it's stretched to call some of these people evil, just, just outright evil. Um, because some of them knew, I think some of them are ignorant of what they are actually saying, what they're actually advocating for. And some, some of them are, I mean, some of them know exactly what they're saying. And those are whom I would consider to be the evil people. And so you have a lot of that going on. And so that is just one article I could read you, like literally a dozen other articles similar to that about people actually demonstrating, and these are in Western countries and cities, um, basically advocating for the, if they won't say I will, the genocide of Jews. Um, and that's, that's not exaggeration. Um, sadly, um, seems that they, they, um, have a lot of common with the Nazis of last century, it, it turns out. Um, someone probably needs to tell them that. And so let's talk a little bit more about these gen or these um these uh people um these misguided people and I think it's I'm being generous to call them misguided not just outright evil, which is apparently what some of them are as I mentioned. Um like when they when they talk about um again Palestine from the river to the sea that envisions an entire land of Israel without any Jews in it. That's basically what they mean. And so when you talk about, when you see someone online saying this and saying all of the uh, pro-Palestinian 
talking points, just bring that up to them. Um, just ask them to clarify what they mean. It's like, so what do you mean by um, from the river to the sea exactly? What does that look like to you? And a lot of times they will not answer because, of course, for them to answer truthfully, that would probably get them kicked off of whatever platform that you're, that they're responding on. Because that basically, I think, even a misguided company um, such as Facebook is going to take someone off for openly advocating for genocide, um, you would hope. So... That's the, the problem. Um, now, these are the same people largely on the left. Now, there has been some fracturing along these lines. Um, you have some people, particularly you know, Jewish people, talking about, um, you know, they're in college and they can't go to class without fear. Um, they're being harassed and mobbed. Uh, around campus and things like that. And so some of them kind of, you know, I think maybe have woken up and say, hey, maybe, you know, this isn't what we signed up for. You know, we, we like all of that other leftist stuff about climate change and and uh, taxing the rich, giving to the poor and all that, and, and uh, equity and diversity and all that. But we draw a line at the genocide, which would, include necessarily us so there you go they they had to go that far to to before they would figure out that they're advocating for some things that maybe they haven't quite thought through um so but you know what um we should be generous of spirit to those people who are finally waking up because some of them, unfortunately, never will. Um, and we're going to talk about those people now. Um, so we're talking about the people who will say to you online or in person, you know, they want to call people like Nazis and, uh, fascist and stuff like that just because you're a Republican or a Trump supporter or, or conservative you have conservative viewpoints or something that differs from the leftist orthodoxy they want they like to call people you know Nazis so and then these same people all these same people are the ones who are marching in these demonstrations like the one that happened in Washington DC and New York and London and, and Places like that. And so the, for those people um, who enjoy calling Republicans and especially Trump supporters Nazis and stuff like that. And so I just want to ask you, if any of you are listening and will want to respond, you can respond, of course. Um, you know, because it seems like you were fine with authoritarianism. And the problem with that, we saw that during COVID, the authoritarianism, telling people where they can go, where they can't go, uh, if they can worship, or whether or not who, who they can see, and uh, whether or not you have to wear a mask, and where you have to wear a mask, and who, who you can associate with. And by the way, you have to get the jab or else you can't work or you can't shop here or whatever. Um, so they have no problem with the, the authoritarianism. 
because we saw that during COVID. And even though a lot of places did that, I think the ones that gave up on those authoritarian ways the fastest were the more right-leaning, like the red states in the United States. The blue states held on to that authoritarianism a lot longer. So it's not the authoritarianism that they have a problem with. Um, let's take a look at another thing that Nazis are well-known for, fascist uh, political violence. The idea of if we don't get our way, we're going to burn down the city block or we're going to bust down this door, or we're going to throw a rock through a window or something like that. Uh, we saw again throughout the summer of 2020 and uh, in other places since then, before and since then, um, that they have no problem with politically motivated violence. And so that's not their problem. So what else could it be? Um, well, the Nazis were famously... Uh, for eugenics, that's controlling who gets born and controlling, you know, the master race and forming the master race and all of that sort of thing. So what do you have? Well, a lot, a lot of the, the Nazis, what they patented themselves on w was the uh, eugenicists and people who think like that, like Margaret Sanger from the United States. Margaret Sanger, of course, um, started Planned Parenthood and basically... Um, a, a country's largest abortion provider. And a lot of that was a name of eugenics. And of course, the, the Nazis like that idea too of racial purity and stuff like that. So apparently it's not the eugenics that the Nazis were doing that um, bothers these modern day leftists. Um, so you thought for sure, well, you know, obviously... It's the uh, Holocaust, you know, the mass killing of people just because they're the wrong religion. And then when we saw what happened, particularly on October 7th, but also since then, and it's also in Hamas Charter, uh, stuff like that, you know, killing Jews just for being Jews. Uh, apparently that's not the problem, so I don't know, is it? The, the uniforms they don't like, what is it exactly about Nazism that they don't like? Because most of the highlights, or uh, most of the things that the Nazis were infamous for, and the terrible things that the Nazis stood for, well, it turns out that a large percentage of the extreme left is also for these things. Even the most heinous of things, the killing people, just because of their religion. So again, I ask you, um, people on the left who like to call, complain about people being Nazis, what, what exactly is it about Nazis that you hate? Because apparently it's not the authoritarianism, the political violence, the eugenics, or killing Jews just for being Jews. So it must be something else. Maybe it's the uniforms. Maybe, I don't know. They're turned off by, um, I don't know, the music or something. But it's obviously not those things. So these people have wildly inconsistent ideas. Um, basically, they are for what gives them power. Okay, and back in the 20th century, you had the left in the form of the communists and socialists. Um, 
they were looking for power in that, forming their new communist states like uh, the Soviet Union and things like that. And so, and back then, they were they were had no problem with any of those th things either. Um, you know, Soviet Russia did just as much authoritarianism, if not more, as the Nazis. They just did as much political violence as did the Nazis. Um, I don't know if they were as big um, with eugenics as the Nazis, um, because they pretty much had a racially homogenous people, at least in Russia, so probably didn't worry about that too much, but I'm sure they would have. Uh, and, of course, they, you know, um, didn't have too much of a problem with the idea of genocide based upon what they did with the Jews and the Ukrainians in their own country. Apparently, genocide wasn't the problem either with the 20th century communists and neither do the 21st century leftists. Um, so the thing that they had the problem with was that they wanted to do their global version of uh, statism or, or uh, collectivism, and but the fascists wanted to do more of a local or national version of socialism. You know, they want to do national socialism so, as opposed to global socialism. So apparently, that's the only real reason, and. In the case of World War II, it was the fascists who were interfering with the communists taking over more control over more of the world. Remember that the the Russia, the Soviet Union, had a deal with the Nazis before they broke it. Um, you know, partitioning Poland, and you know, certain countries, uh, you know, parts of Poland were going to go to the Germans, other parts were going to go to the Soviet Union, and of course, Hitler famously reneged on that pact. And so, but basically, it's been a struggle for control. And so, what really motivates them, if they're being honest, is what provides them with the power they seek. And they are against people, be they Nazis, be they Americans, be they Israelis, anybody who keeps them from having that the power that they seek for themselves. And that is the true motivation. If they're being intellectually honest, they would just say that. But they won't. Um, anybody who's argued online with a leftist knows that they're, most of them, 90% of them, not all of them, but most of them are utterly incapable of any intellectually, intellectual honesty. Um, and if you don't believe me, just find out for yourself. Study up on some of the intellectual or argumentative fallacies, you know, like the straw man argument or ad hominem attacks, uh, false dichotomy, all of these logical fallacies. And then pick an issue, this one or any other one with the leftists where you have command of the facts, of course, and see what they say and follow, listen to their argument, follow their argument and look for their, those logical fallacies. All right. Give them giving, uh, listen, you know, watch for like the false dichotomy, the false choice, um, 
you know, it's not either or, you know, it's not either uh, fascism or uh, communism. You know, you can have free market capitalism and stuff like that. And so you, as you learn to expose them for the fallacies, you realize that almost all, all of their arguments are intellectually um, dishonest. Um, with very, very few exceptions. I would say one out of every ten uh, discussions I get online with someone from the left, um, do they exhibit any sort of intellectual honesty or any kind of command of the facts. So, again, um, so if you wish to push back on some of the stuff you hear online, you know, on Twitter or um, comments on news reports. Um, you look for the intellectual. You know, learn what the uh, logical fallacies are, and learn to recognize them. And then you will see them everywhere. Uh, again, uh, favorite one is the straw man fallacy, where you, where the person makes an argument, but it's not the argument arguing, they're using an argument that's not being made by the other side. In other words, um, for example, a straw man argument might, might say that, um, that the Israelis are for, are arguing for genocide. That would be an extreme one. Of course, that's falsehood, but they're arguing, and it's like, no, no one on the Israeli side is arguing for genocide of anybody, not the Palestinians or anybody. But they make that, and they make themselves believe in those straw man arguments. And they say, well, you are for book burning because you want to ban sexually explicit material in libraries. Therefore, you're anti-book. And again, that is kind of a straw man argument. It's like, no, we're not arguing against all books. We're just arguing. We're not even arguing for book bans, per se. We're arguing for the control of books within the libraries for their age-appropriate groups, limiting uh, books to their age-appropriate audiences in libraries. That is what we're for. Uh, the other side, again, will will say we're for book burning, and that is a, an example of a straw man argument. And so you'll see um, everywhere online rampant um, logical fallacies. And so what you can do is just study them, learn to recognize them, and then you can push back. All you have to do, sometimes all you have to do is point out, you. this is a straw man argument you're making, and tell them why. It's like, you're saying I'm arguing for this, I'm not arguing for that, I'm arguing for this. Do you have a response to what I'm actually arguing for? And they don't. I'll change the subject or, or whatever they're going to do. But most of the time, they will not have an answer to any coherent argument. They won't have the facts um, on their side because it's just a, I don't know, a peculiarity. Maybe it's, you know, Maybe there's, there's probably a good reason for it. If you go down into like psychological and characteristics and stuff like that of both conservatives and liberals or leftists, and you'll find some common traits. 
So, but it seems like the conservatives understand the arguments being made by the other side, but the other side does not reciprocate. In other words, they make up false arguments um, or false facts that we're, they claim that we're for, and they claim that we're racist and stuff like that and sexist. And of course, that's all nonsense, but it's built up in their own minds. That's a construct that they developed in their own minds to justify their own bad behavior. And so, and so you see the worst of the worst of this get expressed in this way with the pro-Palestinian uh, demonstrations. So let's talk some more. Um, trying to get a grasp on the behavior of these leftists and these people who march in support for Hamas and stuff like that. Because it is hard for one to wrap your head around the blaring logical inconsistencies of the left. I mean, you have people like... Um, uh, members of the LGBT community, they're marching for Palestine because they, all they see is the oppressor versus oppressed narrative. They don't understand that Hamas would literally kill them for being gay or exercising their, um, their lifestyle. That would not be tolerated, but yet they will... Uh, march in solidarity for Hamas. So it's just, um, they have just mind-blowing uh, intellectual and logical inconsistencies. And so let's address uh, some of the reasons why that could be. And we're, I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of it here. Um, maybe if you listen to a few hours of um, of Jordan Peterson, maybe you, you know, if you listen to a, a few hours of him, you might get some understanding of, uh, the mental, um, things going on with the leftists. But, um, let's take a look at a couple of ones that present, seem to present themselves more than others. Um, so there's the lack of an objective morality on the left that tells them that, I don't know, sticking babies in ovens is wrong, no matter if it's an Israeli baby or if it's a Palestinian baby or whoever's baby. Um, so why do people not understand that that is wrong? And it's because they don't have an objective reality. And that comes from the Marxist tendency towards atheism, because if you read the uh, Communist Manifesto, you know that, um, that religiosity has no place in the Communist world, that they have to, the state has to be take the place of religion or God in the Marxist dogma. And so, um, 
atheism is heavily pushed and within that ideology. And so you have that because if you have a lack of objective morality that says that things are wrong no matter what the circumstances is, there's no explaining away or rationalizing wrong behavior, um, you know, you can only get to that point if you have um, no sense of, again, uh, objective morality, something like, you know, that's written down, like, say, in the Bible. Uh, for most of the West are, um, even for people who are not necessarily Christians, they believe, you know, our morality is objective in the sense that you can read in the Bible and basically that is the guidebook that many people go by to decide what is moral and what is not. How that is their guidelines to morality. And of course, when you have atheism or atheistic practices or uh, ideologies such as Marxism, then that kind of um, goes away. And so you, they don't have the benefit of anything telling them that wrong is wrong, that murder is wrong, no matter why you do it. And they might even say, you might have and people say, well, it was wrong for the Nazis to kill the Jews, but it's not wrong for the Palestinians because they don't understand that murder is wrong. It wasn't wrong because who they were doing it to, it was wrong because it was murder. And that's what they don't understand because they don't have any sense, again, of an objective morality. It's all subjective. It's, well, it's moral in this case because we like these people and their ideology. But it's immoral in this case because, you know, they're Nazis and we don't like them because they're fascists and we're globalists. So what they're doing there, in that case, the murder that they're doing there is immoral because of who they're doing it to. And that, of course, is the wrong way to look at it. You know, again, morality is consistent um, no matter who it is applied to. So they don't have that. That's one of their, I would say, that's probably their chief problem. Is they have no... Um, Magnetic, they have no moral compass, so they have no true north to set their moral compass to. It's just whatever suits them, whatever is moral is whatever gives them power. That is what they consider morality to be. That is the essence of morality, is what gives their side power. Um, so it becomes not a matter of who you do it to um, or you know, it becomes a matter of not what you do, but who you do it to and why, which makes it moral, which is wrong. So that is their, their first problem. The second problem is that they don't just don't have a good command of the facts. Again, they live in this echo chamber. Again, they control um, most of the media. They control Hollywood to a large degree. They they control a lot of popular culture and they control almost all of academia. And so they have just a whole series of uh, echo chambers. So they have their professor saying it, 
and they hear that echoed in their legacy media uh, outlet and, or, you know, their mainstream media outlet. So they have this echo chamber and they never hear any dissenting voices. Um, but we on the conservatives, you know, just because there is something in our nature that makes us want to understand what the other side is saying and judge that. Because um, I think that we need to see what the difference is between what they're doing and what we want to do. And so we have, first we have to see what they're doing and then we can react because we are trying to conserve our way of life. And so you have to have something conservatism to compare your actions with. And so oftentimes that is with what the left is advocating. And so, you know, uh, left wants to advocate for uh, pro-choice positions and always say, well, what is the conservative position? Well, conservative position has to be to favor life, the pro-life position. And so they have that um, need um, because we have our position and they have theirs. We have to understand theirs to see what the difference is or else there's no point and being conservative, because if their their position is not far enough from your own, then there's nothing to conserve. So, you know, it's just a basic thing. It's just a basic mindset worldview that conservatives have that the left doesn't, because the left tends to be more dogmatic and, um, I you know, ideologues. Um, even though you have ideologues on both sides, it seems like they've come from ideologue from their ideals and then they do policy afterwards where we can we can't do the reverse on the right we have our policies and our ideals are to preserve those policies which work and excuse those which don't seem to work so we have a, a difference in world view but getting back to the subject at hand you know, they have this echo chamber. They only hear, they feel like their views are the only valid ones and the, the, they're the only ones that they hear. And they hear, if they hear something different, it sounds like wrong to them. Um, so, and they don't bother to understand the positions. That's why, another reason why you might hear so many uh, straw man arguments being made on the left as opposed from the other way is because they don't understand their position. They have a caricature of our positions. They don't understand the real positions themselves. You know, they'll say, oh, you know, like something like gun crime is like, oh, you want anybody to have guns, right? You just want everybody, anybody to be able to murder anybody and, and do that. And we're like, no, we're for responsible citizens to have the right to bear arms if they want to protect themselves and their family and their loved ones. But that's not what they believe we want because it's inconvenient for them to understand our argument. Um, so they have to make up one of their own and attribute it to us, the conservatives. And so that's what they do. And so therefore they have this whole system Unfortunately, it starts at the professors and in the mainstream media and 
which makes them, it's already propagandic, you know, um, indoctrination already. And then they hear something like Hamas make some outrageous claim where they said 500 people were killed in an Israeli airstrike against a hospital. Now, of course, that is what Hamas said, and that was repeated ad infinitum by all of the major um, news broadcasts and legacy media. You know, they all repeated that Hamas lie. They never bothered to verify that because it fit in with their leftist worldview narrative. And so why bother verifying something when obviously it must be true because it fits with your narrative. And so they, they believe obviously false things like that, like the attack on the hospital, which in fact was uh, Islamic Jihad shot uh, rockets towards Israel. Some of the, one of the rockets failed and it landed in the parking lot of a hospital inside of Gaza. Didn't even reach Israel proper from where it was shot. Um, but no one bothered and, you know, no one bothered on, on the part of legacy media to even question that statement. And it goes from, you can see it in the media, it says, um, reports of hospital bomb by Israel, 500 kill. Then this says 500 kill on attack attributed to Israel, according to Hamas sources. And then finally they say, uh, uh, uh Israel or a hospital in Gaza was uh, damaged in an air attack. And so it goes through various variations, but of course the one that everybody pays attention to is the original one, which of course, in that case, in many cases, is false. It's just like when, when they're saying that the Israelis want to commit genocide. Well, first of all, they've been on that same land for well, generations, they've been on that same land, you know, as Israel, and since you know 1948, and certainly the Israelis had more than enough opportunity, and you know if they really, if they're really in, in interested in committing genocide against the Palestinians, they've had more than enough time, more than enough opportunity to do so. They've had 75 years. And they've had two major conflicts, you know, one in 67, and then the Yom Kippur War in 1973. And they could have just, um, you know, carpet bombed the whole place. And they could have just took over and wiped everybody, all of the Arabs and the Palestinians out. But they chose not to. The Israelis just you know, reach their military objectives where they're no longer being attacked. And so they withdrew back to their borders. Um, so they had plenty of not just opportunity, but um, um, not just opportunity, but they also had plenty of uh, excuse if they wanted to launch some large-scale program against the Palestinians. After all, they're there. Where are they going to go? Um, but they didn't. So you're saying all, you know, 
you know, the, you attack them based on solely upon them being a certain religion, and your charter says from the river to the sea, meaning none of them can be there. And but you're you're charging them with genocide. You know, one of us doesn't understand what the word means if you truly think that. And again, that is something that once you challenge somebody on that, so it's like you you're for you're saying the Israelis committed genocide. What was the purpose of that attack on January? So who was what was the objective of that attack and all the subsequent attacks? And who was that against? Um, they they don't have an answer for it. They're not going to answer that question. Because that they know what a morally dubious answer that would be, and they would lose all support because they have all of these young college fools that are following them who actually believe that Israel wants to commit genocide against them. When again, it's like, um, you know, they had 75 years, they had more than enough chance to do it, and they didn't do it, so that tells me that they're really not interested in committing genocide, whereas in your charter, you know, in your Hamas charter, it literally says, literally spell, spells out, basically, um, genocide. <laughs> um, so, you know, but you have such moral confusion on these people. And so the only question really becomes, which one of, which one's, are reachable, which ones can be reasoned with and say, you know, because there's this idea that I think is false, that it's convenient, you know, it's one that we want to believe that, you know, that it's just Hamas is just a small extremist group, doesn't represent the actual Palestinians. Well, the problem with that is the Palestinians voted for Hamas, Hamas is their government. That's their ruling party. And so they, the majority of um, Palestinians voted for Hamas. So they side with what Hamas wants. And um, they know, you know, they, Hamas has always been quite clear about what they want with regards to um, removing the Jews from their area they call Palestine. And they're very clear about that, so there's no mistake in their ultimate intent. Um, you know, they didn't, you know, Hamas didn't win on the promise to lower taxes and uh, uh, build better roads. I don't think that was the problem. I think everybody knew in Palestine that voted for Hamas why and what they were voting for and what, and what explicitly Hamas stood for. So, you can't really say, you know, and, and then you have a little bit of a fuzziness, a lot of, a lot of gray area or a lot of uh, fuzziness in between where does Hamas end and where does the regular Palestinian person begin. And that is the problem which we will have, will somehow have to be addressed one way or the other. Um, because, well, first of all, 
Israel, you know, Netanyahu has said they're going, they're at war with Hamas. And so these people in Palestine probably should figure out some way to differentiate their, some, themselves from Hamas if they don't want to be caught up in these attacks any more than they are because of Hamas, ironically. Um, and so that's another thing that is going on there. So how, in conclusion, can we wrap all of this up? You have uh, demonstrations in the West, pro-Palestinian demonstrations. Um, you, know, you have to think that either these people are incredibly naive or they know, or they actually side with Hamas, and they're not confused. They're not at all confused with Palestinian, what the Palestinians want, and what Hamas's want. Um, I don't think that you know they they can't be that naive. Of course, maybe they are, and maybe it's being generous to uh, you know uh, attribute naivete to their actions or their actions to naivete um so it is uh incredibly hard for one to wrap one's head around the blaring logical inconsistencies that are being shown on the left with regards to the palestinian and hamas and israeli question you know the idea is like when is you know what was your problem with genocide, you know, don't you understand that Hamas is trying to kill all of the Jews in uh, what they consider Palestine? And that's kind of like what genocide is. Kind of exactly what the Nazis in the 20th centuries wanted to do also. So, you know, and you're fine with, you know, the authoritarianism of the Nazis, the political violence of the Nazis, the eugenics through abortion and other things, and the killing of people just for being the wrong religion. So you are fine with all that. So it's not really clear what your actual problem with Nazism was. I mean, did you just not like the uniforms? What was, what's the deal there? Um, or maybe you just don't understand what true Nazism is is or what the Nazis stood for because when you see people doing exactly what the Nazis did back in the 20th century back in, th in this century you know you might want to rethink your positions and say well you know what I kind of like the idea of Palestinians being free but not this way not now that I understand what they're all about and what's in their charter, maybe I have to rethink my position because after all, I'm a moral person. Um, so, but that is a problem because on the left, there is a general lack of uh, objective morality, particularly from religion, particularly from the Judeo-Christian religions of the West because Marxism is uh, atheistic and necessarily so. And Marx puts that in his communist manifesto. He's very clear about that. not having religion. So they don't have that to tell them, well, no, it's not who you commit genocide against. It's the fact that you're committing genocide. Um, 
And then you have, you know, they don't have command of the facts because they're susceptible to propaganda, particularly because there's all, they're already being indoctrinated, you know, in college and university for a large part, and also by the mainstream media, which creates this echo chamber that makes it sound rational or believable once you hear a lie repeated enough times, it seems like the truth. And so they have that echo chamber working, and they're not hearing, they haven't heard any dissenting voices, and it takes a, sometimes it takes an um, event, a horrific event like what happened on October 7th to shock them out of their way of thinking. Um, so they, they lack an objective sense of morality that tells them that murder is wrong no matter who you're doing it to. And, you know, and they, then they hear the echo chamber of, you know, everything that they have been told by their professors is being repeated in the news. And then that makes them more susceptible to, like, things like the propaganda of, like, 500 people being killed in the hospital when actually it was Hamas that launched a logic, that missile that killed them. And then there's the uh, breakdown of uh, logic um, with their argument. Uh, a lot of logical, a um, lot of intellectual dishonesty on the part of many leftists. Again, if you have an online discussion with a leftist person, if you're so inclined and you're aware of the logical fallacies, you know, like straw man fallacy or uh, ad hominem attacks or false dichotomy, fallacy, and things like that, that you recognize them and then you begin to pick up and say, well, these people are not really arguing in good faith or they don't have uh, a actual logic to what they're saying. They're not following logic. Um, so that that's the several things. It is a bit baffling, unfortunately, for those of us who are like to think of ourselves as rational and relatively well informed and relatively well educated and things like that and interested in things like morality and the truth. It really baffles us sometimes when you see the behavior of these people that is so clearly wrong. It's, you know, but you just have to understand that their ultimate goal is that they're thinking that is that the ends justify the means. And so the ends are so great in their, in their warped mind and their warped sense of reality that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they can uh, commit genocide against the people. And they're even going to confuse which side is committing the genocide or not because they're just listening to wh whoever, um, fits their narrative and who they think is going to uh, help them achieve the power that they seek. And since that's their ultimate goal, their only sense of morality is what helps them achieve that goal because they think that is that, that their utopia or whatever that they're trying to achieve is so great that, you know, the ends justify the means. And it's common thing that occurs on the left, common theme of the left. Um, so, 
there you go. A lot to think about. Hopefully, um, unfortunately, we are probably going to see more of this. Hopefully, there'll be more good news and stuff like that. So, we know that the Israeli army, the IDF, is making advances and um, started their land campaign and uh, taking territory away from the Hamas terrorists. So, hopefully... That'll be good, but I think it's going to be a months-long thing, you know. And we saw what happened in, like, Fallujah and other places, like, you know, in Iraq. Um, what happened there when you're fighting house-to-house -house urban combat. So, it's obviously not going to be very easy. So, um, pray for the uh, people of Israel. Pray for a minimum of casualties particularly on the part of innocent civilians and even on both sides we have to be morally consistent um with that so if there are we have to assume that there are innocent people on both sides and that hopefully they will be as safe as possible so but we also have no illusions that there are some horrible terrible evil people on the other side too and sometimes it gets hard to distinguish from the two and what makes it harder is that the evil ones the, the the Hamas people they don't care about the innocent casualties because they feel like it helps them in their campaign and their propaganda efforts so that is what is going on it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you factor in the part that it's all about power for the left. It's all about the ends justifying the means and power. So want to thank you for watching and or listening to Liberty Relearned and following Liberty Relearned online, libertyrelearned.com and following at LR Podcasts on Getter and Liberty Relearned on Facebook. And, and hopefully you are watching Liberty Relearned on Rumble, because we are on Rumble, we're not on that other YouTuber um, thing, because we don't believe in that, it's crap, don't do it, um, so we are on Rumble, follow us on Rumble, and particularly, um, if you haven't seen the uh, Halloween special yet, please take a look, I think it's pretty good, and it definitely something in particular that lends itself to the visual medium, medium as opposed to just like the audio podcast. But either way, we're I'm happy to have you, happy to be able to talk to you and communicate with you. So um, thank you, and until next time, stay healthy, happy, and free.